0: Open your Bible, the good book, the sword of the Spirit, the word of the living God, your weapon of war. Did you know the Bible is nuclear in the Spirit? When you say what the Bible says, everything in your life begins to line up with what God says. Somebody say amen. Amen. Go open your Bible to Mark chapter number 5. Mark chapter number 5. I'm going to talk this morning, not too long, but I want to share uh, a couple of keys that will help us go to the next level. And I'm titling my sermon today, Fashionably Late. Just look right at your neighbor, look him right in the face, and say, he's talking to you. The other day, I walked into the restroom, and Crystal was doing her hair, and I said, you about ready? And, and Which is my way of saying, I don't want to be late. And I said it nice as could be, and she goes, she just smiled at me, she said, we're taking separate cars, <laughs> which we were, because we were both going to different places after, but I thought, okay, yeah, praise the Lord. <laughs> Fashionably late. It's only cool if you're the one that's late. If you go to dinner, and you're supposed to meet at 7, and you're there, and you got the table at 7, and they don't get there at 7.15, I mean, you already painted on your smile. When they get there, you're going to smile and say, oh, don't worry about it. But the truth of the matter is, you're sitting there going, man, I could have taken 15 more minutes. I'm sorry. Time got away from me. I was in traffic, a.k.a. I was on Facebook. Fashionably late. Everybody just say that. Say fashionably late. All right, Mark chapter 5, verse 21. When Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was near to the sea. And behold, there came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. To start with, Jairus means uh, whom the Lord has enlightened. So Jairus is about to be enlightened by God, he's about to be shown something by God, but what's critical is Jairus is a ruler in the synagogue and most of the people, at least as we read the history of our Bible, most of the people in the synagogue were not necessarily pleased with Jesus. They weren't necessarily uh, supporters of what Jesus was teaching. But Jairus comes to Jesus and falls at his feet in front of a bunch of people. It's very important to understand the context of when this took place because there's going to be a season and time in your life when you're going to have to put your relationship with Jesus on the line in front of people. Somebody's going to say something to you. Somebody's going to say something that that, that, uh, twists your spirit and you're going to have to answer or respond to it. And they're going to say, well, do you believe in this or do you believe in that? And something only inside of you is going to be telling you, no, no, no. Or there'll be a little voice telling you, no, no, no. But that still small voice is going to be saying to you, yes, yes. Yes, Jairus comes, falls on his face in front of Jesus and besought him greatly. In other words, asked him urgently and said, My little girl, my daughter, lies at the point of death. He said, I pray, come and lay hands on her that she might be healed and live. Now this little girl is 12 years old. We'll find out later. But could you imagine how Jairus must be feeling in this time? There is no Scott and White Hospital. There is no med. There is nowhere that he can take his little daughter to. The only answer, the only option that Jairus has for his daughter to live is God's going to have to do something. The Lord himself is going to have to show up on behalf of this little girl. And the Bible says that Jairus comes and falls at Jesus' feet and begins to ask him, Please come and lay hands on my little girl. The Bible says that Jesus went with him and a lot of the people... Uh, pressed upon him, thronged him. A lot of people pressed upon him. They followed him and they pressed upon him. So Jairus comes. There's a whole bunch of people following Jesus. He has to work his way to get to Jesus. He falls on his face and says, Jesus, my little girl, Jairina, is sick. She's 12 years old, she's going to die if you don't come and lay your hands on her and heal her. And Jesus looks at him and says, no problem, let's go, and begins to follow Jairus. And don't you know, in that moment, at that time, Jairus is probably feeling like, on a scale of 1 to 10, probably like a 32, okay? Because Jesus is coming to his house to heal his little girl. He told him he would come. Everybody's watching. Jairus is sitting there thinking, man, this is going to make the front page of the Jerusalem Post. It's going to be incredible. Life's going to be amazing. And he's walking. He probably was telling everybody, excuse me, pardon me, Jesus is coming to my house. Excuse me, pardon me, Jesus is coming to my house. Excuse me, pardon me, Jesus is coming to my house. And then all of a sudden, there's not as many people in the way. And he turns around and Jesus isn't there anymore. And he stops. The Bible says that a certain woman which had an issue of blood for 12 years, little girl was 12 years old, this woman had been sick as long as this little girl had been alive. And he suffered, and the lady had suffered many things of physician. She had gone to every doctor she could think of and she spent everything that she had and was not better but rather grew worse. And when she had heard of Jesus... She came in the crowd behind him, and she grabbed the hem of his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue, your Bible might say power, that power had gone out of him, turned about in the press, in the crowd and said, who touched me? His disciples said unto him, You see the multitude of people here, and now you're asking who touched you? And he looked round about to see that thing, uh, he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of the plague. Jairus is walking Jesus is coming to my house Go heal my little girl everybody's all worried I'm not worried anymore because I know Jesus is coming to my house everything is wonderful and all of a sudden he gets to the he's about to turn right and go down this road that he lives on and all of a sudden he looks and Jesus has stopped and is talking to somebody else and he finds out he's not just talking he just did for her what he's asking him to do for him. This is the first test. Can you watch somebody believe? Can you watch somebody receive what you are believing for and not get bitter? God, I've been believing you for a new house. I've been, I, just, I just want a house. I've never had a house. I've gone from apartment to apartment to, to rental to rental. I just want a house. And then you find out that Billy's got six houses. Billy doesn't need six houses. Why you got to give him six houses? I just want one house, just one. Just Billy, he doesn't even know what a house. He doesn't even like houses. He got six of them. How come? Listen, we have to commit To never be jealous, but only be inspired. Because if he does it for one, he'll do it for you. Come on, give God a hand of praise this morning. Jairus looks and he says, "She's she's, she's grown. My daughter hasn't even had a chance to live. All these thoughts have to be flooding his mind. She hasn't even had a chance to go and, and get her first job or, or to, to be wooed by a suitor. She, she has, she's had none of these opportunities, yet all of a sudden you get healed. I, I don't understand it, and the reality was this. We found that in a moment when Jairus was asking Jesus to come touch somebody at his house, he was still available for somebody else to touch him. You see, Jesus touching you doesn't limit him touching somebody else. And Jesus touching somebody else doesn't limit you touching him. He's never unavailable to you. He's never out of commission to you. In a mass of people thronging around him, he can stop and make you feel like you're the only one on the planet. This Jesus that we know and we love and we serve, he changes everything with an instantaneous moment of power transfer. The Bible says Jairus is there and a lady gets healed right there. He just wants his daughter healed. Who wouldn't want your daughter healed? Jesus, come to my house. Lay your hand on my daughter. He's on the way and he stops. The Bible says, verse 35, but while Jesus spoke, in other words, while he was talking to the people around him and probably the lady There came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, one of Jairus' friends, and he says, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble thou the master any further? Can I say it differently? Jairus' friend came and said, It's too late. The difference is that does not translate into the kingdom of God. The first test is can you watch somebody receive something that you've been praying for? And I'm not just talking about houses and cars and, 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 and purses and whatever else you like. I'm talking about your marriage is on the rocks. And you watch somebody else's marriage get healed. Your child is not living for God. And you watch somebody else's prodigal son come home. Your business is floundering. And you watch somebody else get blessed. The first test is can you rejoice for somebody else's miracle as if it was your own. The second test how do you respond when the clock runs out? I like pretty much all sports. Uh, that's almost a true statement. I like most sports. Praise the Lord. I was just—I was flooded with like five sports that I don't like, which I won't name, just in case any of y'all <laughs> like those. But the reality is, most sporting events have a have a certain amount of time allotted. And, and what happens, especially in basketball, they put the clock right over the backboard so that you can see when time runs out. Five, four, three, two, one. What, what I want to know is how do we respond when the clock goes to zero and it looks like we have not received what we have been believing for? the Bible says the friend comes and says hey time's up it's over it's too late don't bother Jesus anymore and Jairus is sitting there could you imagine getting the news number one your daughter is close to death and you see your friend coming and maybe he had heard about the centurion who had come to Jesus and the Bible says that the centurion came to Jesus and said would you heal my my servant and the Bible says at his word the servant was healed and he sees his friend running from afar and maybe Jairus is sitting there thinking here he comes just a Word of God, heal my, heal my daughter. I can't wait. He's about to give me good news. And the guy runs up and he, Jairus, I got to tell you. And Jairus like, go on, tell me, man. I know this Jesus guy. He already did it once. He'll do it again. Glory, adios. It's about to go down right here in Jerusalem. I've been working on my praise dance. When you give me the good news, I'm going to break out into it. I can't wait. Tell me about it. He said, it's too late. She's dead. She's dead. And Jesus, while listening to everyone else around him, still heard Jairus' friend. And he said, As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he looked at Jairus, verse 36, and said, Do not be afraid, only believe. The first test, can you watch somebody else receive what you're believing God for and not get offended? The second test? Can you watch the clock run out and still believe? We we, we give God like appointments. Lord, listen, I'm believing you and I just know that you're going to do this by the end of the week. I just can't wait that you do it by the end of the week. And then it gets to be like 1130, uh, you know, almost midnight at the end of the week. And we're just still just, God, you're going to do it in the midnight hour. I remember when Paul and Cyrus began to sing and shout, praise the Lord. And the chains fell off. My chain's about to fall off Jesus. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's midnight. Boom, it's 1201. Boom, it's 1202. And you're sitting there, you're going, ah, ah, ah. Why am I still here? Why am I still in this place, in this time? I thought this would happen long before now. What has happened that all of a sudden I am not receiving what somebody else is receiving? Why has the clock run out on my watch? And here's the answer. Jesus will answer for you. The Bible says that Jairus' friend comes and Jairus couldn't have had words, but Jesus, even while thousands of people, if not thousands, at least hundreds, were pressing all around him, still had the wherewithal to look at Jairus and say, Jairus, don't you live by what you see. Don't you live by what you hear. You're living by faith, not by sight. When you walk with me, and when I decided to take my Galilean sandals and head in your direction, you decided you were going to walk with me and I was going to walk with you. And I'm telling you, Jairus, in your life, when you walk with me, there will be things that you do not understand. It will look like the clock has run out, but I've been doing this from the very beginning. Jairus, let me bring to your remembrance Abraham and Sarah, who longed for to have a son of their own, but the clock ran out on them, and I still did it. Let me tell you about my, my friend Lazarus, who uh, his whole family was praying, God heal Lazarus, God heal Lazarus, God heal Lazarus. And I wanted to heal him, but all of a sudden his clock ran out and everybody thought it was over. But I went and called him out of a smelly grave and gave him life again. I'm telling you, Jairus, when you walk with me, there's going to be some stuff that you don't understand. You're going to have to walk through some stuff. And when the clock says zero, I'm telling you, tell fear no only Believe. Amen. The Bible says, Seated at the right hand of the Father is the Lord Christ Jesus who is constantly making intercession for you. The Bible says, We have an advocate with the Father. He's like an attorney that will speak for us. If you've ever been to court before, you may be sitting there and when the judge says something, you're going to want to go, "Raw!" And you're going to want to say something back. But your attorney will say, Let me speak for you. Yeah. Jesus said, Listen. I know your clock has run out and it looks like time is up. But I hold time in the palm of my hand. He said to him, he said, Don't be afraid, only believe. Then he began to walk with him again. But something happened. He no longer was okay with everybody walking with him. He said, Peter, James, John, Jairus, you come with me. Everybody else stay here. You see, if you come to my home, I will open the door for you. I will give you the best seat in the house. We will feed you. We will give you something to drink. I'll make sure that you don't have to hold your coat. I'll put your coat up for you. But there'll come a time when I'm going to ask you to leave because there's certain places that only those that are that close to you are supposed to go. Hundreds and thousands follow Christ, but you are not called to follow the thousands that follow Christ. You are called to walk with Christ millions will be in heaven if not billions will be in heaven and you will be there and when the role is called in heaven all will be wonder filled and everything will be grand and great but the worst thing imaginable would be for you to know him and not walk with him. He said, Jairus, listen to me, I know you think time is up, but what I'm here to tell you is everybody can't go where we're going. Jairus, there's a man that walks with me now, his name is Peter, and there was a lot of people that watched me walk on water, but only he walked on water with me. There's places you can go in God, but you're not going there with everybody. Sometimes we need less conversations at the water cooler and more prayer for the people that are talking at the water cooler. I've found we spend our time talking to everybody but God. I've got this problem and that problem and my dishwasher broke and the, 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 the tree is swaying outside in the yard and the paint's chipping off the gutters and we've got all these problems and then all of a sudden you go to God and you're just like, oh, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. It's like, wait a minute. Why are we discussing with people that can't help us when the one who can help us is available at all times? The Bible says Jairus. And Peter and James and John and the little girl's mom all go to Jairus' house. And when they get to Jairus' house, Jesus said, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. And everybody did what we just did. They left. There's a level in God that to those who don't understand it. Is just humorous. But to those who have walked in it. You can't go back. I believe we've come into a season. Of experiencing the presence of God. At the highest rate. In the most precious way. Because. Because. When you have a need, it's not that you just need to be healed. You just need to see Jesus because wherever Jesus is, he heals people. It's not that if he heals one, he won't heal another. It's can we see and call things that are not as though they are? He said, He said, She's not dead, she's just asleep. And everybody laughed. She's not dead, she's just asleep. Jairus' heart beating out of his chest, no doubt, trying to figure out and to understand this Galilean Savior that has shifted society, history, and the world at every turn has walked into his home and when he walked into his home he reached down grabbed her by her 12-year-old hand and said, little girl your mommy and your daddy want to watch you be married one day. Your mommy and your daddy want to watch you ride to school in the school bus and wave out the window. Your mommy and your daddy are not done tucking you in yet. For the sake of their love for you and my love for them, Little girl, wake up now. And in an instant, one translation said her spirit came back to her. Her spirit was in heaven. And then all of a sudden, back in her body. Could you imagine the stories she was going to tell at school? on Monday morning in a moment the question is when God is fashionably late can you reject fear and just believe When you, you're you praying that God would move in your family and you see Him undoubtedly move in someone else's, can you be inspired and not offended? Jesus has such great plans for you. Such great thoughts He thinks towards you. So many outlandish things He wants to experience alongside you. The question is, can we believe when the clock runs out? A good friend of mine led his daddy to the Lord in the hospital right before he died. And pretty much everybody had given up on him. I had a great uncle that was one of the hardest guys you'd ever meet. And within hours of his death, my grandfather led him to the Lord in a hospital room in an emotional moment. What I'm trying to say is, it's too late, is not in the kingdom of God. When the clock runs out, we just go into overtime. When the clock runs out, we just choose to reject fear and only believe. Because at the end of it all, the reason we don't have to be afraid is not because there's nothing scary. The reason we don't have to be afraid is because Jesus never left. If Jesus had left, yeah, Jairus should have been concerned. But Jesus didn't say, I am a way I am a truth and I am a life he said I am the way the truth When life walked into Jairus' house, the daughter lost her say in the matter. Some of you have prodigal sons and daughters that they don't want anything to do with God. And I'm here to tell you, they don't have a say in the matter. The prayers that you have sent up to heaven have come up to heaven like a sweet perfume. God has bottled them in the right season, the right time. He's going to walk in. He's going to grab them by their hand. And He's going to say, your mom and your dad are not through with you. I command you to live. I command life back into your bones. I command hope back into your heart. Can you believe when everybody around you says it's too late? My grandmother was given six months to live and she lived 12 more years. I believe it was 12. Can you believe God when it's too late? Can you believe, God, when everybody around you is pulling Jesus in a different direction, can you understand that them pulling on Christ does not limit your ability to receive from Christ? When somebody walks up here and gets healed of diabetes and you still have to take insulin, can you be happy for them and refuse to fear in your own life? When you see somebody else's marriage rebuilt and restored and yours is on the rocks, can you, I never forget, I had somebody tell me one time, they said, my marriage is falling apart and I'm watching everybody else get back together. I said, that should do nothing but bring you hope. If he'll do it for one, he'll do it for anybody. If he'll do it, if he'll do it for any of us, he'll do it for all of us can you believe God when everybody else is saying it's too late I can't get an education it's too late for me that's not in the Bible anywhere can you believe God when all of a sudden you get to a place in him and dial in with me for just another minute When you're walking with him and everybody else stops, but he keeps going, can you reject the magnetic pull of the masses that will stop you from going where he's called you to be? Can you reject the pull of the complacent and lean in towards the things of God that will only be found when you say, I don't care if everybody goes, if you're going, I'm going. Can you say, I'm not interested in the boat if you're on the water? I'm not interested in the crowd if you're in the fire. I'm not interested in the palace if you're in the lion's den. I'm not interested in the mountain if you're in the valley with Goliath. I'm not interested in the valley if you're at the top in a cloud of smoke. I'm not interested in where my friends have decided to stop. I just want you, Jesus. Because when you decide that... Now the clock means nothing. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hadn't happened yet? Oh well. (laughs) He does not change when everybody else says it's too late. Can we stand to our feet for just a moment? very special thing happening at our church right now the presence of God is a moment away for the next few minutes I want each one of us not to think on our problems not to think on our issues but I want to think on Jesus the author And the finisher of our faith. The one who comes in and changes all of our circumstances. And at times changes us. If you love Jesus at all, would you lift your hands? Lord, we're here today to pull on the hem of your garment, to ask you to come to our house, to ask you to send your word and heal us. But more than any of the benefits, we're here for you. You are the great prize. You are the joy. You are the peace. You are the life. Jesus, you are the change that we need. Your presence holds all power. And I'm asking you, God, would you visit your people today? Would you heal our bodies? Would you touch our broken hearts? Would you give us hope where hope has seemed to have faded or been stolen? Would you change us, Lord God? As we draw to you, would you draw to us? hope you were blessed by today's podcast if you'd like more information about pastor brian or new heights church visit new and be sure to follow pastor brian on twitter and instagram until next time thank you so much for liking and sharing